Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it is July 23rd. It's 2020. We have two baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm very excited and happy to be back. Want to give a shout out to Dean for all the great interviews and podcasts that he did um, during the pandemic. But baseball's back, means morning grind is back. I'm joined today by my good buddy genie for 07 grant couldn't think of anybody better to bring the podcast back to you know baseball form here i am so happy right now i am so happy oh gosh it feels good to have this back i i, I am on cloud nine i still don't understand that <laughs> i'm excited man what that actually um, means. you know I, i've I've been super busy with like NASCAR and esports and stuff, so I really haven't gotten a chance to like slow down. Um, but I'm excited that baseball's coming back. You know, it's one of my favorites, um, if not my favorite sport besides NASCAR. So um, definitely ready to get the season rolling here. A uh, couple quick things: we're gonna have some new people joining us over the next, you know, couple months. Um, super excited about that. There will be a separate Morning Grind basketball podcast as well um, once basketball gets rolling here. So we'll have a Morning Grind basketball and a Morning Grind baseball podcast um, each and every day, uh, Monday through Friday. So, you know, that helps with um, getting ready for the slates. And, um, you know, basketball is going to be super interesting as well. So, again, shout out to Dean. Uh, A lot of great interviews. you know, over the last couple of months, but uh, ready to get rolling here. Happy to be back. And um, we're going to get into breaking down these two games. And then there was a couple of questions that people submitted on Twitter and um, we'll get to those as well. So let's get started here with the Yankees and the Nationals. Uh, we got Garrett Cole against Max Scherzer. Cole, slight favorite here at minus 139. Um, Grant, let's start here with the pitchers like we usually do. What's your thoughts on Garrett Cole? I mean, Garrett Cole's fine. As of right now, we have a little bit of weather problems, potentially. I think, I don't know. Roth hasn't come out with his report, but I checked it. And it's supposed to be hot, humid, and raining with a chance of thunderstorms over in D.C. tomorrow. Um, Wonderful. Baseball's back. Yeah, yeah. On a two-game slate. It's it's absolutely fantastic. But uh, Cole, like, his price over on DK is just a bit too high. Uh, 
10K, like, I have no problem playing him. He's going up against a team that is not a huge strikeout team, but he still has the ability to strike out a ton of guys, obviously led the league in K-rate last season. Got a few big strikeout bats and Thames and Kaiboom in there. Uh, but, like, it, just the price really isn't that great at 10K, considering you can get Scherzer for way cheaper and you get Kershaw for way cheaper. And paying that much money for him or paying 11-4 over on FanDuel is a little bit more palatable considering the price of the other guys. We don't know how much he's going to actually pitch into the game. Most of these guys, it takes a little while for them to get stretched out. Scherzer, I know, doesn't go his normal amount of pitches until halfway through the season. I don't know if they're going to handle that a little bit differently, but they pitched low 90s, I believe, in their last simulated game or whatever it was. So I don't know how stretched out any of these guys are going to be. So I'm just taking a little bit of the value savings probably with the other two guys. Yeah, like Cole's upside here is tremendously high. Um, You know, one of the best, you know, strikeout pitchers last season. So, like, the upside is there. You know, the weather concerns, like I said, baseball's back. So, of course, we're going to have some weather concerns. But, you know, looking at the numbers, you know, for Garrett Cole, you have to expect, you know, he's one of the highest ceiling pitchers on a, on a two-game slate. It's not even close. Um, you know, they, like you said, there's some strikeouts in this lineup for sure. Um, you know, the pitch count is concerning. Um, you know, it's always concerning opening day um, as far as, like, how deep these guys will go. Cole last year um, went six innings on opening day. Um, you know, obviously different teams, um, you know, so he was with the Astros, different teams, but like he was very efficient um, against the Rays on opening day last year, went six innings, had 10 strikeouts, um, was just outstanding. So like, it's tough. We're coming into the season with a bunch of question marks, like how ready is everyone? How much, you know, did the last couple of weeks prepare everyone? Like, it's not your normal spring training. They were on break longer than they usually are. Like, a lot of question marks. So, like, we had a two-game slate to start this thing off, and, like, anything goes. Like, anything goes for me on this slate. Um, I think, like, we should have even started with that. But, yeah, Garrett Cole, ton of upside here. You know, like you mentioned, really high strikeout rate to lefty and righties. More of a fly ball pitcher to lefties. This game's in Washington. If it's going to be hot and humid um, and the rain kind of holds off, you know, this could be a spot where we talk about those Washington bats here in a second. Um, going over to the Yankee side of things, um, you know, as far as Max Scherzer goes, 35% strikeout rate last season, very high strikeout rate against righties. This is a very right-handed heavy lineup. Um, what's your thoughts with Scherzer here? Uh, I think Scherzer's a much better play over on DK than he is over on FanDuel. I mean, the prices are so close together over on uh, FanDuel that it's not that much of a big difference to get up to Cole instead of Scherzer. I mean, we have to remember that he's also – he probably has the tougher matchup. Granted, it's a more high upside matchup considering the strikeout rates. But he's going – like his numbers last year and Kershaw's numbers last year, every uh, NL team last year, like they're going against the universal DH this year. So it's going to be – slightly inflated considering they don't have the pitcher as a free out the first two innings. So Scherzer going up against the Yankees has a four run total going up against him. And part of that is due to the nationals having a worse bullpen than the Yankees. But I, I think that Scherzer is a good play over on uh, DK and not so much over on FanDuel. So Scherzer going up has a high ceiling in this game, just as high as well, not as high as Cole, but close to as high as Cole. 
Like, again, the pitch count worries me. The DH worries me. The tough matchup worries me. The weather worries me, especially for a guy that gives up a decent amount of home runs, and that's his biggest problem. So I, I'll i play him on DK, but I'm full-on staying away from him over on FanDuel. Yeah, you know, we mentioned how long these guys will go. Um, obviously, just to kind of give us an idea, Scherzer went seven and two-thirds last year with 12 strikeouts. He was very efficient um, against the Mets last year on opening day. So the upside for these guys, like we have three pitchers with tremendous upside on the slate of two games with four potential pitchers available outside of relief pitchers. So the upside here for for Scherzer is really high. I worry about the home runs, but I know he's going to get strikeouts. So, again, I'm with you on DK. You know, just go ahead and give me those strikeouts. Um, obviously, we're going to be watching the weather here. But let's talk bats. Um, let's go Yankees, Yankees first here. Um, Scherzer gives up a lot of home runs, Grant. Like, it's, it's a known thing. He's a fly ball pitcher. He gives up a lot of home runs. Like, are you – Willing to even if you're playing Scherzer on some teams, like willing to play like a one off or you know two of these guys just chasing those home runs. Absolutely, like I, honestly, on this slate, what half the ownership is going to be on the Dodgers in all likelihood. I know if we not more. To, <laughs> yeah, I know we haven't gotten to that game, but we have literally three aces, one terrible hitting team in the Giants. So we have three good hitting teams and going up against two of them going up against aces. So really I'm looking for home runs right here. It's going to be hot, humid. Again, watch out for weather. That's something that Roth can deal with tomorrow, but I'm looking for home runs here and I'm specifically looking for lower owned home runs. So obviously up at the top, like pretty much everyone over on DK on in the Yankees lineup is pretty darn close uh, priced. Like LeMahieu is four five and the lowest price guy is going to be Gardner at four one. I, if you want just the best plays, most likely home runs, it's probably what Torres, Judge, Stanton, and maybe Hicks, maybe Sanchez. Like there's home runs all the way up and down this. So I'm going for the lower owned guys. If I'm going to stack on the slate, I'm probably going guys with power in the lower end of this lineup with Voigt, Gardner, and Ursula. Like all three of them have power. Ursula and Gardner are two of the guys with the lowest K rates in this lineup here. So that's obviously a big problem with Scherzer is he's more than likely going to strike out. I know he's better against righties, so Gardner actually fits in with 281 ISO last year. And then Ursula should be almost unowned, would be my guess, with how many people are going over Dodgers and going over for the same price bats. Over on FanDuel, I think it's a little bit different of a scenario. We're going to see heavy ownership on everyone other than Cueto. So people aren't going to have a ton of money to spend up. So they're going to be going for the cheaper guys and – so they're going to go heavily on Hicks and probably heavily on Voigt, Gardner, Ursula. I'm going to try and pay up. I don't know if it's going to be entirely possible, but I still will focus a little bit on the lower end of the batting order. But I probably would give a little bit more priority to Gary Sanchez just because like, he's 3.3K. It's tough to fit in guys over 3K in this type of day with how expensive the pitchers are. So like there's not a bad play up and down, but just from strictly a two game slate game theory standpoint, I would drastically prefer Voigt, Gardner, Urshla. Yeah. Fandle pricing, very tough. Um, you know, you're going to need, you know, a couple punt plays over there. It, it also, we were talking about this pre-show like Fandle also depends on whether or not it's going to be Kiki Hernandez or um, Matt Beattie um, starting for the Dodgers. Like is Muncie going to play? second base um you know so 
like that matters a lot because he's 2100 on Fandle and that opens up a ton um, if he plays. So we'll have to kind of just see how that plays out. But yeah, as far as the Yankees go, listen, Judge and Stanton both have 50% whiff rates on sliders against right-handed pitchers since the start of um, 2019 or 2018. And But the thing is, like, when they make contact, they make hard contact and it goes really far. So Stanton and Judge, like, Scherzer throws a lot of fastball slider combos. Both of those guys have high whiff rates, but high ISO numbers, high distant numbers, all that stuff. So... Like, they're the ultimate boom-bust plays on this slate for me. Like, they're either going to hit home runs or strike out three times. So, um, I like both of those guys. I agree with you on Ursula. And, you know, Torres was someone that did really well last year. Um, Kind of – I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but he did really well. And then we know – you know what you're getting out of DJ LeMayhew. Um, Assuming that he plays, you know, you're going to get contact with the ball put in play. Uh, let's go over to the Washington side of things. You know, Garrett Cole, fly ball guy against lefties, you know, really high strikeout rate against lefties and righties. Um, you know, when I'm looking for home run, I'm looking for upside. I'm looking for power. Grant, I'm always looking at Juan Soto. Yeah, Soto's clearly the top play over in this lineup going up against Cole. I know that Cole strikes out lefties at just a ridiculous rate, but Soto's got a good eye. He's only got a 20% K rate. He has a high walk rate, so he'll be able to work kind of a little bit. Um He's a little expensive at 4.8. I don't mind taking him on the slate. It's just going to be tough to pay out for him, especially over on DK. Uh, but realistically, like, again, I'm just looking for bombs here. Thames is an interesting, cheaper guy over on FanDuel. He's a little spendy over on DraftKings and makes it tough to get into the lineup. So I don't know if I'd be going with him. I'd probably be more likely to go with a guy like, I don't know, Kai Boom, a guy like, Trey Turner, even though he's a little bit more expensive, he's got a little bit of speed, so he can swipe a bag or two. Uh, but realistically, like I'm mostly staying away from these Nationals over on DK just because of their price tags, unless I'm going for the cheap guys down near the bottom. Over on FanDuel, I am probably going to take a few of these cheaper bats. Like Thames is perfect over there at 2.4K. Howie is not a bad play there at 2.5K if he ends up batting fourth in the lineup. Eaton is a really cheap guy who's going to be heavily owned. He's going to be a guy that a lot of people force in their lineup along with Pollock just to save that salary. And I think people are probably going to forget some of the lower in the order guys like Suzuki and Robles. And I think that they're not the worst play in the world considering they're around the same price tag as the guys in the Dodgers game at the bottom of the lineup who are in a much, much better position. And again, a little bit of a rain delay, especially this early on in the season with them not being fully stretched out and wanting to avoid an injury with the Yankees probably with one of the best shots in of any team in the league to make the playoffs in this shortened season. Like, I'm not going to be surprised if Cole ends up getting yanked early because of rain, if, it, if they even have a decent delay. So some of the guys, the cheaper guys on Washington are a decent pivot over on FanDuel from the Dodgers, but I'm just staying away over on DK. Yeah. Like, you know, Kevin Roth, Hey, your, your job is busy because not only do we have some weather, we have weather in one of the worst possible spots in Washington. So, um, have you looked into like kind of what the policy is going to be? Cause I know that if there's not fans in the stadium, they're probably going to try and play games out more. I would assume like, I'm honestly waiting on Roth, what Roth has to say tomorrow just because I'm sure he's looked into the policy and what they're planning on doing with fans either being in the stadium or not being in the stadium and how the MLB is going to handle that. 
because they probably, if they have fans in the stadium, I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to try and get them out earlier just because of the possible risks. People don't want to really be sitting around just waiting indoors or inside the stadium with masks on and not really able to be close enough to each other. So it'll be interesting to see what each different stadium that either allows people in or don't allow people in are going to do with weather delays. Yeah, like honestly, it's going to be interesting to see what the weather looks like and all that stuff. Um, you know, we're recording pretty early on, you know, Wednesday afternoon. So we wanted to get this up and out um, just to kind of get our thoughts out there. But we'll have to see what Roth has to say. Obviously, that can change some stuff here as far as the pitching goes. But if we're going to see bullpen games. The Yankees stack becomes very, very interesting. Washington bullpen, not as good as the Yankees bullpen. So um, definitely a downgrade to the Washington bats um, if it's going to be a bullpen game. So. You know, and we have the new rules. Like, you know, relievers have to face three batters. So, like, that obviously changes things, too. So, like, you know, we'll see all kinds of different stuff that we're going to be adjusting to in the first couple weeks of the season. You know, you mentioned already the DH. Um, So, we're going to be, like, you know, definitely, you know, adjusting on the fly um, for these first couple weeks. But, all right, Grant, let's talk about the other game here. We got the Giants and the Dodgers. Um, Johnny Cueto against Clayton Kershaw, seven and a half total. Kershaw, massive 315 favorites. Um, let's start here at Cueto. Obviously, we don't have a lot of data on Johnny Cueto. Um, you know, from last season, you know, came back from injury. What are your thoughts when it comes to Johnny Cueto? I want to use him, but I don't know if I can. Like, over on FanDuel, there is some validity to that, considering how many people are going to be on the Dodgers. It just makes a little bit of a game theory aspect, and I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to late swap onto him and kind of change things up. Like if the nationals Yankees game is really low scoring, then you can kind of like hope that Cueto can actually do something. I mean, obviously we didn't see a whole lot of him last year. He's been a guy that has been good at one point in his career. And then at other points has not been great. And even back in 2018, both 2018 and 2019, we have what 280 batters face for him. So not a whole bunch of information, but what we do know is that he's kind of going more for ground balls, going up against righties, lefties. He's still a decent fly ball pitcher, just doesn't strike out a whole lot of guys and is potentially not that great against lefties. And we're going to have Muncie, possibly, Bellinger, Seager, Jock Jams. Like there's a lot of tough lefties that are probably going to end up being in this lineup. So he doesn't really have an easy, easy matchup at all. And there's really not a ton of strikeouts in this lineup, especially for lefties going up against righties here. So everything on paper says Cueto is not a good play other than the fact that it's going to be 71 over in LA, which is ridiculous because it's like 85, 90 over here in Denver. I don't understand it at all, but Cueto on paper is not a good play, but this is the second game of a two game slate late swapping over to Cueto from Kershaw on DK can be a decent like game theory play because again, First game of the year, shortened season, shortened spring training or warm-up, whatever they're calling it, and anything can happen. Even Kershaw can have a rough game if he just gets babbitt like crazy against a Giants team that just doesn't strike out at a huge clip. Yeah, here's the thing for the Giants too, right? Like they have Samarja, they have Gaussman, they have Drew Smiley, um, Trevor Cahill's there too, Tyler Beatty. But then they also have, like, guys that can throw innings. Like, Derek Rodriguez, we saw him a lot last year. Um, they have Andrew Suarez. We saw him some last year as well. 
like Tyler Anderson, like they have guys that can eat innings. So like if Cueto goes out and gets pummeled in like two or three innings, like one of these relief pitchers might end up outscoring Cueto. It's just impossible to figure out like who it's going to be. Um, I would like personally, I'd guess it'd be one of the lefties that have that, you know, might have not have pitched recently. And like, we could do some digging on that. But, you know, for me on Cueto, like, at the end of the day, the only reason you're playing Johnny Cueto is to be super contrarian on a two-game slate, and you're going to hope that he doesn't get crushed um, and goes out and throws, like, five innings, gives up a few runs, and he's just very low-owned because the Dodgers stack is the highest owned on this slate. So, like, you're dumpster diving with Johnny Cueto, as Blender would like to say, because really, like – you close your eyes and you don't watch it. Um, you know, that's how you play Johnny Cueto. And like I said, the only reason you're playing him is just to get – to be different a little bit. All right, Grant. Um, let's go to the other side of this game. We have, you know, Clayton Kershaw. He's the massive favorite here. Um, the Giants lineup looks terrible. It, it looks terrible. Like, a lot of injuries, some guys opting out. Like, we don't even have Buster Posey in there. Longoria's hurt. Hunter Pence is 50-50 to play. Like, what are your thoughts here when it comes to Clayton Kershaw, the chalkiest pitcher on the slate? Yeah, he's the chalkiest pitcher on the slate for a reason. Again, like, on FanDuel, I might just go – it all depends on the rain, but I just might go super heavy over on Cole, over on FanDuel. I'm just eating the chalk over on DK, and then if I'm if I have some room to make up after the first game, then – Decent shot. I'm just swapping over to Cueto, depending on what the lineup is. But this is definitely a slate where you want to be cognizant of what everyone's doing, like, and know that no matter what, people are going to be playing a ton of the Dodgers, and they are not going to swap off regardless. So Kershaw, he's the top play point per dollar over on DK, and it's not even that close. Uh, but over on FanDuel you can get up to Scherzer, you can get up to Cole. He's probably not going to be that owned, heavily owned, but everyone's going to be on the Dodgers. So I would assume that a lot of three-man stacks are more likely over on FanDuel than four-man. So four-man stacks on FanDuel could be a little bit more beneficial just because a lot of people are probably going with Kershaw still. Listen, Kershaw is the best pitcher on the slate, like you said, for a reason. Um, you know, like he, – he he's the play. Like if you're playing cash games, he's, he's your plug and play. Um, listen, honestly, like I was messing around building teams last night and like I built a Cole Scherzer team with a giant stack because like I have, I have to be different somewhere. So let's talk giants bats here. Like Clayton Kershaw, very, very good. Doesn't give up a lot of, you know, hard contact, you know, even though last year, like we can look back at last year and he, he gave up a lot of hard contact last year. His hard to soft contact ratio was nothing special. We have, you know, Slater, potentially Pence, Wilmer Flores, who's been very good against lefties, you know, Sandoval, who has been better against lefties. Um, what are your thoughts when it comes to the Giants bats? I mean, over on FanDuel, it'll be interesting because they're all 2K, 2.1K, 2.4K. 4K, I think, is the most expensive in Pence if he even ends up playing. Um, but I'm probably still looking for home runs here. And maybe I'll swap around again based on if I have Kershaw and need to make up some room over on DK. But right now, like, probably go for the guys that have a decent amount of power. I mean, Flores hits lefties pretty darn well, has a low K rate versus lefties last year. 
Sandoval, not a huge sample size. And I know in the past, he's not really a guy that hits lefties, but his price tag is just cheap enough where you can get some guys in. Yastrzemski, probably my favorite option, just but he's probably going to be the highest owned of the San Francisco bats, which still isn't saying a ton. But I don't mind any of these guys that can hit for power. Um, probably staying away from the bottom part of the order, even though they're cheap. I just don't really want to like deal with them if I don't have to. So power guys, which are probably going to be for one through six guys, depending on the Pence plays, but they're not priorities on my list unless I need to make up some room after the first game. Yeah, honestly, you know, when you're looking at it here, it's just one of those things where, like, it, it's just a contrarian stack that I'm going to have some exposure to because they're cheap, they're going to be lower owned, and it's a two-game slate. Like, do I like Kershaw? Yeah, I think he's the top pitcher on the slate. Do I like the Giants bat? Yeah, they're the lowest owned stack on a two-game slate. So, and, like, if Pence plays, this, the stack makes sense. Like, you can make a four- or five-man stack or a three-man on the back end of another stack. Like, you can make a Dodgers-Giants stack if you really wanted to. Like, both these games have seven-and-a-half totals. The Giants have the – or the Dodgers have the, the highest implied to- team total here. But Wilmer Flores, low strikeout against lefties, power against lefties for years now. For years. Like, and he – Grant, like, if BD doesn't play for the Dodgers and, and, like, it ends up being Kiki, like, Flores will be on my FanDuel team. Like, with Kershaw as my pitcher, Flores batting third at 2,100 against the lefty on a slate where we need some value, like, and even, like, Slater. Like, we don't know a lot about Austin Slater, but we know that he has some pop, and he's 2K. So, I play those two guys, and it frees everything up. I can get Bellinger. I can get all the guys that I want. Muncie, all those guys. So... I think using the Giants pieces in this spot and just hoping you get some points from them, even if you're playing Kershaw, makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, remember, this is a, a two-game slate. There's no guarantee that any pitcher is going to score over, I mean, depending on sites, like 20, 25 points. Like, on, on bigger slates, stacking is obviously more applicable because the likelihood of one team going off for a massive amount of points is way, way more likely. But – what, there's a 50% chance the Dodgers get five runs or over. There's a 50% chance that the Yankees get over four runs. There's a 50% chance that the Nationals get over three and a half runs. So based on that logic, like there's a what, a 16% chance that none of those three teams end up with more than four runs. So just based on like stats, taking one off bats for looking for home runs and just hoping that you land on the right pitcher is a much more advantageous. I guess we'll get into that when we get to the questions, but yeah, like taking Kershaw, if it gives up two bombs or if someone ends up with a bomb against the bullpen later on in the game, like the massive correlation that you generally want between your pitcher and the opposing team um, is not as great as it is on a two game slate. All right, let's talk Dodgers bats. Obviously, they're super chalky here. Um, Johnny Cueto, ground ball guy against righties. Uh, his walk rate was a little bit higher last year. Like to get like Cueto's like last like full season outside of being hurt, you have to go back to like 2017. Um, and even if you look, go back to 2017, you're gonna see like. In 2017, he was still ground ball type of guy against righties, um, but he still gives up home runs to both sides of the plate. He gave up 22 home runs in um, 147 innings in 2017. He's going to give up home runs 
this team's going to be so chalky. Like, this team is going to be the massive chalk. There's only a couple ways that I can see being different here. Bottom end, wraparound, um, just playing the lefties and not playing the righties. Like, fading Mookie gives you a little bit of ownership, but fading Pollock and Mookie, that's going to be a lot of the ownership because Pollock is so cheap and Mookie is so expensive. I mean, we also have jock jams, and remember uh, – Pinch hit risk is always. It's even higher this season. It, it is opinion. and it isn't. Like the biggest thing is uh, pinch hitters aren't going to. I think. I mean, we know that Dodgers just. Dave Roberts just hates us. Um, but the Dodgers tend in the past to get a whole lot of pinch hits or pinch hitters in there just because they don't like to let pitch later on in the game. We know that Ryu, Kershaw, Bueller, all these guys, they ended up getting yanked earlier because someone came up to because they came up to bat and they just didn't want to leave them in because they have a good bullpen. But with the DH this year, it changes things around a little bit, I think, for the Dodgers. And so the pinch hit risk we've had in the past is probably not as great for the Dodgers, although they do like to not let their guys run too late. And I'm guessing they'll be the same way at the beginning of the season because they have almost zero chance. Well, not zero. They have like a 4% chance of not making the playoffs. And so they want to have their guys healthy for the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to have their – pitchers going late into the game, but they have such depth that I wouldn't be surprised at all if they end up just pinch hitting their guys a little bit less than they did last year instead of a lot. But yeah, Dodgers, every single player is in the best matchup on the board. Every single player has decent numbers or good numbers versus righties and Cueto is not a good righty. Top guys just based on raw points on this entire slate are Bellinger and Betts. And the top guys on this slate in terms of value are Pollock and Peterson probably stacking up the Dodgers. I think is a terrible play in big field tournaments, but you want to have several pieces in your cash game lineup if you're playing cash today. Yeah. Um, listen, the Dodgers and Kershaw are the way to play cash games on the slate. I don't think anybody will really argue that um, they shouldn't in any way. But yeah, in tournaments, like you just have to be creative. I feel like with your roster construction, if you're gonna if you're gonna stack the Dodgers, which I think is fine, like you definitely want to have exposure to the Dodgers. Like they're gonna they have they have the highest implied team you know team total here. But like get different with your stacks. Like leave out a Peterson, leave out a Pollock, leave out a Betts. Like be different. Like use the wraparound, use the bottom end, and you know go up you know what is it six seven eight nine one or seven eight nine one two like i i think honestly like will smith might be one of the lowest owned players on this slate because he's one of the most expensive catchers um and, and like i think because of that we'll see pretty low ownership for him and you know i think he has some upside i forgot to mention that you know the catcher Heeman um for the giants like he's one of the cheapest and you know how much i love my cheap catchers like he's in play for sure um, as a punt catcher, but yeah, Grant, like you have to be different if you're going to stack the Dodgers here. They're the highest owned team for a reason. Um, Johnny Cueto, Giants bullpen, nothing special. I will say, Giants bullpen has a lot of lefties in there, so like you could even get creative with playing the righties only here. So, um, good luck doing that though with Bellinger and Muncie in there. So, Bellinger and Muncie both also hit um, lefties pretty well. So. All right, Grant, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll go to Twitter and answer some of these questions. Uh, morning grind game, a little bit different for um, baseball this season. If you have any suggestions, you want us to change anything, um, always open to ideas. I'm not saying that I'll actually change anything or not, but open to ideas. 
Um, I'll let you go first here. This is going to be a lot tougher. We're going to skip question three, and I'll get to that in a second. But favorite pitcher for at least seven strikeouts on this slate, who do you got? Your mic is muted, you rookie. Sorry, I've been out of practice for four months. I'm uh, telling you. I guess Garrett Cole. <laughs> All right. I'm going to uh, – man, I want to go Scherzer, but I'm worried about the weather now, so I'm going to go with uh, Kershaw. <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite pitcher to score under 15 points? Cueto. All right. I'm going to – man, I'm going to say one of the weather – the weather – I'm going to say Garrett Cole goes under 15 just because of the weather. Um, could easily be wrong, though. Uh, we're going to skip our favorite value pitcher. We'll have our favorite favorite value pitcher tomorrow for sure. Um, favorite low-owned stack, who do you got? Um, and it could be like – you could call like the bottom half of a lineup if you feel like it's going to be – it doesn't just have to be like a team. Bottom of the Yankees stack. All right. Bottom of the Yankees. I like that. I don't think I'll stack the Giants too much here, but I'm going to say the Giants. I'm going to say just because like – Ownership and everything, uh, why not take a shot on two-game slate? Um, under 4K to hit a home run, who do you got? Uh, AJ Pollock. Did you did you turn into, like, this chalky guy since we've been gone? It's a two-game slate, sir. <laughs> um, give me Wilmer Flores. Why not? And then um, over under against spread. Um, what's your favorite bet when you're looking at this slate? Probably the under on the Nationals game. All right, under seven and a half Washington game. Uh, I'm going to take the over in the Dodgers game. I think that's pretty simple. Um, all right, we'll get to the questions, but I want to say we're going to have um, daily. I'm going to be posting Monday through Friday a morning grind game on DraftKings. Uh, it'll be a $3 buy-in. I'm going to start at 150 entries for opening day for the two-game slate. If it fills early, we'll extend it. If it doesn't fill at all, I'll make it lower, um, but I will post a link on Twitter, and if you want, you can join the league, morning grind. All right, we had a few questions here. Thoughts on your SP2 being a relief pitcher um, allows a, di- a Dodgers full stack? I mean, I probably wouldn't, but it's two-game slate. I think it more depends on the status of the weather over in. If, the we- if it's going to be a weather game over in Washington, that's where you use a relief pitcher. Yeah, like, honestly – it's easier to do this at the end of the year because you have a better idea of where the, where, who's going to be the bullpen guys and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, uh, it's really tough. Um, because like there are some, there are some good options, um, in that Dodgers bullpen as well, but you know, you just kind of have to, you're playing a guessing game at the end of the day, like you're playing a guessing game, um, I will say like some of the guys are actually kind of priced up, um, as far as like relief pitchers too. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't think I will use a relief pitcher, not with three really strong pitchers on the slate, unless there becomes a huge weather issue in Washington. And then I think it becomes a little bit viable. 
Um, can you refresh approach to stacking on different size slates like Friday 11 games as opposed to Thursday on two games? Um, so I still am a huge fan of mainly five-man stacking on DraftKings. Um, on a two-game slate, a five-game slate, 11-game slate. But I will say, like, on a two-game slate with these massive tournaments, I could see myself, like, chasing, like, two or three guys from every team and just trying to find the home runs if I play a bunch of teams. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on smaller slates, slates I'm generally just not stacking that much. Uh, on larger slates, yeah, I'll do generally a five-man stack. Unless it's a really chalky one, then I might change it up a little bit. Um, in a 20 entry max on DraftKings, would you run the majority of your lineups as stacks? Um, or would you opt to run a few full stacks and mix and match the rest of the way like you were playing cash games? On this slate, I would probably not have many stacks. On Friday slate, yeah, I do a lot more stacks, especially over on FanDuel, it's more advantageous. But on DK, stacking is still obviously good. But I think it depends on, like, I, I generally de- – depending on the slate and how chalky a team is all like, if there's a super chalk one to two teams, I'll run a whole bunch of different five man stacks and just hope that the lower owned ones end up going off or that the high owned ones don't. Yeah, for sure. Um, if I'm playing a 20 entry max on a two game slate, I still have a majority of stacks, um, whether it be like a five man and a two man or a five man and a three man, I'll majority like even like a four three or four two. I'll majority have stacks, but like on this slate, I could definitely see you know making maybe like fifteen teams of stacks and then like five on just trying to find the home runs, um, just to be creative. Um. So the last question we had was, what's the best way to approach a two game slate in terms of lineup construction and deep field tournaments? I, I think in deep field tournaments, like stacking is going to be so popular. The stacks are going to be so popular. The pitchers are going to be so popular. Like for me, I want. I think I want to chase home runs. Like I don't necessarily need to stack. I, I feel like I could maybe do like a three or four man stack and then like just chase as many home runs as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And even. Even contact guys is not the worst idea in the world because we don't know if there's going to be, what, more than three home runs during the day. So a guy with two, three hits and two runs, like, could be a difference maker there. But, yeah, I'm generally chasing one-off home runs. It is a two-game slate after a long break. This is, like, right around All-Star break usually, right? Like, we're in July, end of July. Like, All-Star break would be coming up, I think. I'd be close anyway. Yeah. So, like, anything can happen. Anything can happen. It's a shortened season. We are going to be playing with small sample size all year. I favor hitters. Like, we'll talk about this more on tomorrow's podcast when we have a bigger slate. But I'm going to favor hitters a lot this year. I feel like this is going to be a season we're going to see a lot more runs scored than pitchers dominating games. Yep, it's going to be an interesting season, to say the least. All right, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'm just so happy baseball's back. I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm so happy to be back as well. Um, Man, I got a lot of NASCAR stuff to go do. So uh, we got a Thursday night NASCAR race, a Thursday two-game baseball slate. So busy day um, in the young household. So, Grant, I appreciate you jumping on here with me. Appreciate you being back. Um, Love being back myself. If you guys have any questions, always feel free to reach out on Twitter. 
I'll post the morning grind DraftKings game over there. Um, looking to expand it to as many as we possibly can. So let's have some fun with that. Hope everyone has an awesome Thursday. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Hey, kids. Gosh, that feels good to